welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We apologize for also missing last week. She's kind of been a little bit of a hectic couple weeks for me personally with my professional career not going so well, as I'm sure you saw on Twitter. And I don't want to be depressing about it because I'm already in a crappy mood, so... Frenchie has our non-racing racing question. Welcome to 2024. Go team. We're all open wheel stuff today, which is probably how we'll continue doing these episodes. And yeah, let's rock and roll. Happy 2024 to all of you out there. Hopefully your year has gotten off to a better start than perhaps host Mike just mentioned his did. But we'll move on from that quickly. My question, the first one I'll start with today is, what sport would you compete in if you were in the Olympics? And I think I know which one you would choose, but I figured it might be interesting for our listeners to hear what you would pick. Well, I guess the obvious one would be hockey. Yeah, that's what I thought you'd say. But let's not be obvious and go with, like, the ice luge, like the bobsled. Oh, that's cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. So bobsled or, like, the skeleton or like one of the like what are there's a bunch of different ones like bobsled's one where you have a team of four people right and you go down the let's do a, t- let's do a team it's, okay it seems like the one where you get less injured so you know let's let's do that one that's cool yeah i, I could see that so it's still on ice so you'd be a winter olympics person for sure you prefer those to summer olympics 100 percent. okay even though there are as a girlfriend and i were talking about i don't know last week or week before there is a lot more variety in the Summer Olympics. I yeah. personally choose the Winter Olympics. Okay, that's cool. I think for me, the sport I would obviously compete in would be swimming because that's what I did sort of sure. throughout my life. But that would I would not be competitive in the least. So I'll think of another sport that I could just lose at but might be more interesting. I guess I'd be interested in, it's kind of hard. I'm not even good at skiing, but I think like the downhill skiing is really cool to watch. So I would do that and probably like just fall and not even be able to actually go through all of the, what are those things called that they have to kind of touch on their way down the hill? The, The slalom. Yeah, they're like little, ban- not banners, but like gates. Gates, is that what they call them? I have no idea. Okay, well, someone will tell us or they're laughing at our ignorance either way. Yeah, but my other question is, if you could hang out in person with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why? Hmm, okay. Is Batman a cartoon character? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess we may be offending some people who are into comics. I don't know if that's like a debate about comics versus cartoons, but I'd say, yeah, there was a Batman TV show I used to watch as a kid, like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's my answer. So what would you do with him? I would want uh, to scale tall buildings with his little bat hook thingamajig. And oh, that's cool. I would like to drive cars that, you know, just jump over buildings and blow shit up you know go out to like some desert and just like 
shoot those rockets that come out of the the Batmobile and you know just blow up some cardboard boxes or something. I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> Make that clear. <laughs> just at least in this fish, in, at least in this fictional discussion. Just take out your rage on some inanimate objects. Yeah, exactly. Like a rage room, but like with explosives. All right. That went darker than I expected for a question about cartoons, but I think for me, I would pick Snoopy or like the Peanuts. Okay. I don't know. Snoopy just seems like he's a smart dog that would be fun to hang out with. And I don't know why with the rest of the Peanuts, I would want to hang out with them because it's like, I would have to be a kid. Like, I can't go hang out with them as an adult, hang out with, you know, little kid peanuts. But it'd be fun to go, like, have recess with them or something. I don't know. That's, um, yeah, that's fair. That's much less dark than, I feel like a lot of my answers today are going to be dark. (laughs) You know, I, I didn't sleep well last night. I just, you know, not in the greatest of mental states general right now so i'm just yeah i'm just a little i'm a little frustrated with life so my answers might be dark and if if so i don't really care the simpsons would also be cool actually just like go be in an episode of the simpsons i want to see myself simpsonized that'd be fun okay i yeah i respect that i've never been really a simpsons fan like i don't know if i've ever watched a full episode i'm probably i probably have at some point in my life um but that would be that would still be a good answer for this. And like I would I would be in, interested in seeing what I looked like as a you know a in Simpsons character form in Springfield. Yeah, I, I don't think I watched that much of it either, but I definitely haven't seen it in a long time. But I know it's I mean everyone knows what it is and knows the characters. Yep, yep, I'm with you. I guess to move into racing talk, we have to start with something that we're probably a little behind on after missing last week. But we just want to, as Pit Lane Parlay, kind of, I don't know, I guess offer our condolences for friends and family and fans, frankly, of Gilles de Ferrin, who unfortunately we lost. I guess that was just sort of the end of last year. And it's pretty shocking given how young he was. Um, I guess it was unexpected, but, you know, I, I guess that can also be seen as perhaps a good thing is... He was racing when he did it, so he probably had no idea what was coming and had no time to be afraid of it. And as it's shocking to the rest of us, um, you know, his legacy will live on. I was a big fan of his as a kid. He's sort of the driver that I latched onto when I became a fan of Kart in 1999 when he was uh, driving for, did he start driving for Penske? No, he wasn't driving for Penske yet. He was driving for, I believe... Is that Walker? I, I'm probably not the best one to remember things today. I think it was Walker. I don't know, but he's somebody who... I think that was the Valvoline car in 99. He had driven for Walker for a few years, but I don't know. It, he was just always a, a likable guy. I know he won a race in 99. I remember he won Portland. But... I don't know, anything else to add to sort of his loss? I know he was a big deal at McLaren for a while, and he obviously was well-known in the racing world because he was good friends with David Coulthard. I guess they had crossed paths in the European Ladder Series. I know he tested a Williams F1 car at one point in the early 90s. So, I mean, he was somebody that was clearly on 
the radar on both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah, I I don't have a lot to add. <laughs> I'm sorry. Normally, I might. I was pretty sad the night it happened. I think I texted you like yeah right away and um, man, it's it's hard. It's unfortunate that something happens so young and you know with like a heart attack or something. It's it's kind of scary because it's not like you can can't really fight a heart attack like you can certain diseases and sicknesses and whatnot Mm -hmm. not trying to downplay anything or any sickness but you know when it's when it's sudden like that it always freaks you out and i'm i remember last week thinking like well you know what happens if that happens to me or like you know there's people who have heart attacks all the time Mm -hmm. or even before jill at 56 um but again, listen, again, I'm making this like really dark. I'm sorry. So I was going to turn that into a positive, though, and just say okay, go ahead. that essentially he crammed a lot of life in, right, in his 56 years, right? He did a lot of really cool things that most people will never get the chance to do. He's driven faster than most humans on Earth. I mean, he has more talent in a car than pretty much everybody on Earth would except a select few. And clearly he was loved by everyone. I didn't see, I mean, he just had that kind of, nice personality that a lot of the Brazilian drivers tend to have, right? They just come out and they're popular immediately. I don't know what it is that they're, they're doing down there in Brazil, but they just tend to breed these racing stars with the talent and the personality to go with it. And like you said, maybe just seeing that he kind of was suddenly taken from his family and his life, it makes you appreciate just what you have, right? And hopefully make the most of, uh, of all our days here to start 2024. I guess we can dive into the news now. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not much in the IndyCar world, I don't think. That was pretty much it. Also, I I, quiet, I do quietly hear Cooper in the background. If you see me laughing, that is... That's what I... I am, yeah, that's what I'm laughing at. I figured. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cooper's going to stay in the episode this week because I think he deserves it. I mean, my door is closed. I don't know if he's behind know, a door over there. No, and There's nothing you can do. I think he's playing, but... You can't tell because okay. that's his way of talking. But he, like, he's not begging to get into my office. He's with Michelle and her sisters here. So I think they're okay. hanging out. Gotcha. We mostly have F1 news. And it's not a ton, but there are some interesting things that I want to get your take on. I guess with IndyCar, I was trying to think if there was really anything that we were going to discuss. And we were messaging last week about the seats that are still left to be filled and what we're hoping to hear soon. And so we're planning to hear something in the 14 car, I imagine, coming up soon. I, I think I, I, I can't speak to who it is. I know yeah. who it is. But I'm pretty sure it will. the announcement will happen before this episode comes out, unless we put this episode out, like, in the morning. Okay. Yeah, we're recording Monday night. I am pretty sure the announcement is going to be at some point on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, because they want to do it before IndyCar content days, which are Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. So I think it will, you know, if we if we just stick to keeping this on Thursday, you know, like we normally do, I, we, we, we will cover it next week. That's pretty much all I can say. Yeah, so our knowledge 
that we were kind of slipped will be validated, I guess, by the time this goes out. And I think people may or may not be surprised, I guess. I can let them figure it out. I, I think it may be kind of obvious who's going to be in that seat, but that's just to me. I, I think others hopefully will gather my hints here. We're also probably going to know who's in at least one of the coin seats by the time this episode comes out, right? I th- I, th- I think so. I think I hold on hold on a hold on a second here. Let me let me scroll through my let me scroll through my 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 source notes here. Filling a seat this week. Yes, we should have one coin seat. I think this week, and then the other theoretically. Either next week or the week after, but okay. unless it's Dale Coin, next week could be you know February twenty seventh. So I'll take that with a grain of salt. And we know one of those drivers, or we think we do, right? But the other driver could be out of left field. Again, looking at said source notes. I don't I don't know if we do. I don't have anything written down in my notes. Okay. But I think there are whispers going around about who it could be. I don't know if those rumors have held since we last heard them, but yeah. I, I'm gonna assume it's a certain person that will I guess Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I apologize. This is going to be like a rough episode because I just am like three quarters here right now and I'm a quarter in space cadet land. So you're still in 2023. Like part of you is still part of me is in like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. 2007. <laughs> I, dude, I wish I was I went in college. Life was a lot simpler, but I didn't know, didn't know who my girlfriend was and she's pretty awesome. She's been very, very helpful in, my recent life struggles and even though she is very very busy this week actually for like the next week um well her job just means she's busy always right pretty much pretty much you know it's yeah yeah for for the most part um but if i like if i needed something like you know to call or whatever just to you know vent uh, you know makes time for you. So if you're if you're not with somebody, find somebody that will even on a busy day, like, you know, tomorrow for example, she's not working, but we're not hanging out. Yeah, I, I hear him too. And you know, if I need something, can I call and and bother her? And not bother her, you know what I mean. You know, call and just be like, "Hey, can I have 5 minutes to vent about my life, you know, professional life right now?" She would make the time for it. So, you know, that's that's all you can ask for in this sort of situation. Yeah, and I mean, it's nice to have sort of one aspect of life more or less sorted and stable right now. And then, of course, the other one goes and upends itself. But, hey, I mean, I guess nothing yeah, can be perfect all the time. She said something. I think we were driving home. We were either driving back from her parents after Christmas or we were driving to her parents for Christmas after my parents and, you know, when I was just talking about how, you know, it's really hard with the uncertainty of a layoff to feel, like, confident in yourself and confident in your, like, professional future. And, 
you know, that kind of probably led me to take my last job. You know, the one, I mean, you know, I was pretty frustrated there anyway, but it was a job and, you know, it paid the bills and got me into this apartment. And, um, she said, she said to me, I don't want you to take a job just to take one, you know, find one that at least, you know, makes you somewhat happy. And, you know, an answer like that is, or uh, an answer, a, a you know, message like that is, to me, as somebody who, I mean, as you know, I'm a pretty emotional person as it is. I don't, don't hide it at all. Was highly, highly appreciated. Yeah, I mean, that's who you want in your corner, for sure, when you're dealing with some, some struggles. Uh, obviously, I think people, like you said, are aware of what you said on Twitter, so... Yeah, not a, a huge secret, but I mean, you're it's not something that's going to be forever. No, 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 definitely not. And I like what I what I did was and I told you I hired a, a career counselor just to like the first couple sessions were like, am I on the right track professionally? You know, not ignoring the whole like being laid off standpoint. And, you know, she gave me some really cool like it was a lot of like assessments and tests and personality oh. quizzes and like those are fun and it tells of. you like what you're good at and what you're not good at and it was pretty damn accurate oh so you didn't learn anything new or it, you did no it definitely like it, it was more reassuring than learning a ton of new things okay and then we are currently going through a big uh, resume and, and linkedin rewrite which should be done by this weekend or yeah by this weekend so it's, you know, it's, it's helpful. It's definitely helpful. Like everything, even just like learning, like, okay, I don't need, you know, cause I was thinking after getting laid off, like, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong career field. Maybe I need to, this is just a, a, a poor example, become a teacher. I never want to become a teacher. I promise you. And what some of these assessments taught me was like, nope, your, your life is on the right track. You know what you like, you're good at it. And, you know, Ah, oh, shit. Reminds me I forgot to do one thing before I left my parents' house for dinner. But anyway, yeah. I think I've rambled on enough. I'm very thankful for her right now, even though I have not heard from her pretty much all day because of work. So that's okay. I'm just bored right now. Not bored like right now. Hey, you're just recording. Today. Yeah. I meant like today bored. in general. I'm always bored. <laughs> Frenchie, you bore me. I'm kidding. Damn, okay. ouch. <laughs> uh, but I think if anyone in Philadelphia area is listening and has a high-paying job for someone like Host Mike. It to be high-paying, just like decent-paying. No, high-paying. High okay, high-paying. We need you to be a high-roller. Okay, fair enough. So that way we can go to every race this season. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm just kidding, that's not happening. Okay, back to racing. The first thing I'm going to talk about is a quote from Logan Sargent. Okay. And I'm just going to read the quote, and then I want to hear your perspective. He was discussing kind of the transition from F2 to F1, and he said, there are so many more fine details in F1, and there's just so many more things that add into performance than just getting in the car and driving like you do in F2. There's so many things you can do from a driving aspect that you can't do in an F2 car in an F1 car. And there's just so many more things that add into performance than just getting in the car and driving like you do. 
I feel like that's the bit you miss. Whereas in F1, there are so many things that need to come together before you'll be quick. And that's the thing that F2 misses for sure. And then, yeah, the cars, just in my opinion, are not quite quick enough. So to me, this sounds like Mr. Sargent was expecting the transition from F2 to F1 to be a bit easier than it was and to be more competitive and kind of naturally quick, faster. And honestly, I disagree with his premise. I mean, he is a race car driver, so it's hard for me to do that. But I think F1 should be the place where you have to do extra. You have to go above and beyond sure, to show that you belong there and that you can perform. And he didn't really offer that in his first year. And thankfully, he's getting a second year because I don't think a lot of people expected that he would. And so he has a chance to prove that he now understands what he wasn't doing and if he has that in him. But I think F2 is doing what it should be doing. I mean, it, it's not like he got in and was incapable of driving it or it was like super off the pace. He was within a reasonable margin of everyone else on the grid. It just wasn't good enough. And that last little bit, I think, is where you show that you're an F1 driver. What is your take on that? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think when he tested I don't know if if you remember like obviously he tested with probably you know at least a McLaren or something like a car that's probably better the last couple years than the Williams cars but also when you test it's a very controlled atmosphere so it's it's hard you know you can't go into a test and then go that's what the car is going to be like at any race this year so I think it shows that he wasn't prepared which is pretty silly and a little embarrassing. I mean, I kind of understand it. You know, he's a young kid. He doesn't know any better to a certain degree, but really his team should have been telling him like, Hey man, this shit's hard. You know, there's a lot of options on an F1 car to, (laughs) to hit some buttons and, and whatnot. And, and yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's all I got. I mean, he spent three years in, Formula three. And I mean, he finished third in 2020. So that was pretty good. But he only really spent a year. It was the 2022 season in F2. And he finished fourth and he kind of got his what super license and then was able to move up. So a lot of people spend like three years as well in F2. Or you have the guys who are crazy good who win it in like their first year, like Piastri, who just wins what F3 F4, F3, F2, like in that order in subsequent years. But yeah, he wasn't prepared, I don't think. And I do respect that he's being open about this. I think he's been someone who has not been blaming others, really, which I was sure actually kind of shocked by, no offense to Logan, but I just expected him to be the kind of guy who would blame everything else around him kind of like a Nick DeVries. Remember when Nick DeVries would just like complain about everything else was, it was not his fault. But this, this tells me that Logan is saying, oh, wow. So I was in F2 and I was competitive. And I mean, maybe it's not great to criticize F2, but I guess this might be his way of kind of giving back and saying, hey, for the future, don't expect just because you're competitive in F2, there's a lot more to F1 than just faster cars. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time disagreeing. Good. I'm glad I'm convincing. 
related to Williams, they just today, as we are recording this on Monday, said they're going to extend their Mercedes engine deal until 2030, at least the end of 2030. So that means we have, what, at least another six six years of them as a customer team for Mercedes. And, you know, I think that's a good thing. Their Mercedes power plant has been one that's relatively reliable. That's not been something that we've ever seen issues. So it's up to Williams to kind of build, you know, the competitive car around that package. But after Aston Martin got that Honda deal, I mean, where else was Williams going to go? They're not going to sign with Ferrari. I wouldn't trust that. And you're not going to take an Alpine customer engine. No No. way. Nope. So you got to stay with Mercedes. That's the only other option that makes any sense. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! Yeah, I got nothing for you. Okay, so... Apparently, Alpha Tauri is moving to Milton Keynes. Okay. Um, so most of their, I think, factory right now is in Faenza in Italy. If you remember, I think that was where it's not far from Monza, right? I have no idea. Or maybe it's close to Imola. I'm, I don't remember exactly where. I've actually never been to Italy. I would love to go if anyone wants to donate was, to the PLP Travel Fund. And I have not been... Not been back since, but I would I would love to go back one day, but not this year. But so it sounds like they're going to make a shift to go back to England. I mean, most of the teams are based there, pretty much except Ferrari, right? And I guess Sauber slash, what's their new name? You want to make fun of it real quick? What are they, Steak F1 team? Medium, rare, well done, <laughs> T-bone, Steak F1 team. <laughs> yeah, Um that was interesting. I don't like their logo or their uh, like color scheme, really. No, I like nothing about it. Yeah, it's it's one of the like I thought Racing Point was kind of dumb, but this is worse. It's very cheesy. It's very like 
I don't know, cheesy or just like, I mean, I listen, they probably offered a shitload of money. So I, I, I'm sure that's why they did it, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. That's, that's for damn sure. Well, it's a betting platform, right? A sports betting platform. I'm pretty sure that's what stake is. I think it's mostly, I think it may be global actually. But for some reason, I think it's more popular in other parts of the world. Yep, it's a crypto casino and sports betting platform. Okay. It's uh, actually, it's an Australian, and I don't even know how to say this, even though I've been to the country. Um, Curacao-in? 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 Yeah, because I've been to Curacao. Yeah. So, but okay. that's where it is. It's, it's incorporated there. Oh, it's operated by Medium Rare NV, which is like their holding company, I guess. Wow. Of course it is. Medium yeah. rare. Come on, I, I, you stole that idea from me. Uh, they did. They owe you money, but they were a sponsor. Of, they allegedly they don't actually owe you money. Um, no, they've been sponsoring some football teams like Everton. Uh, I guess apparently they That's sponsored soccer. Pietro for, for you. For you who are in. in oh yeah, apologies. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's like we don't call it football. English, here. you know, Premier League, yeah, football club team soccer um he also they also sponsored pietro and enzo fittipaldi and i guess drake is a because he was involved in their launch if i remember correctly and it was really strange and i didn't understand why i think he rapped for their launch video that they posted but to get back to alpha towery i think they've had an issue getting talented engineers similar to AJ Foyt, right, to come down from yeah. basically the the area where everybody is, right? They have Motorsport Valley in the UK, which all the teams are kind of located within a, a similar, you know, area. And they also have a lot of college programs where people go to study motorsport engineering. So it makes a lot of sense. And they have a lot of talent that they can pick from in that area. But having to ask them to move to northern Italy, I mean, while it sounds attractive, may not be what some people want to do. And I guess if you're an Italian talented engineer, you're probably going to go work for Ferrari instead of Alpha Tauri if you want to work in F1. So they're going to be doing a lot of recruiting. And I guess they're just going to try to kind of move into a larger facility in Milton Keynes. And um, I, I imagine I don't see anything about getting rid of that Fienza facility, but I think it's shifting focus, if that makes sense to be a more UK-based operation, which is interesting in light of all the comments that have been made recently about the conflicts of interest between Alpha Tauri and Red Bull that, like, Zach Brown made and among others. Yeah, yeah that's... I, again, I have nothing to add. Okay, so speaking of steak, F1. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. They should just make it look like a giant piece of raw meat, their car, their livery. That'd be hilarious. And get A1 to sponsor it or something. Although I don't eat A1 sauce on my steaks, but... Mm-mm. I, I like some barbecue sauce, but not that A1 stuff. Remember that... Oh, never mind. I'm not, I was going to say that steak we had in my bachelor weekend was amazing. Um, I didn't have any. Yeah, for, I remember that as I said that. Okay, so apparently James Key who I believe left Mercedes or no McLaren. I don't know. I can't remember where he left to go to I thought it was Mercedes. 
Yeah, that's that was my first instinct, but I'm not going to look it up. We can just, they'll tell us if we're wrong. I'm sure somebody will yell at us. He joined Stake in September, but he says that the his job basically of helping to prepare the team for when it becomes Audi is not going to be complete until 2027. It's not going to be a final product until then. So I think they become Audi in 2026, and then I guess they're just going to sacrifice a year, it sounds like, <laughs> in terms of expectations. They're already saying that two years out. All right. <laughs> it's a major manufacturer moving into F1. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on them. So maybe they're trying to take some of that off of themselves. But I just I don't really like the way this looks of your two years out or three years out and saying it's not going to be a finished product and I can I can see you saying like going into 2026 like hey you know this is going to be a learning year but saying it two yeah, years yeah. in advance is like hey we're going to finish with like zero points this year so like just cut us some slack like we are laying the groundwork now so that in two years you can't tell us anything else other than well you told us so or maybe James Key is setting expectations for the Audi leadership in terms of don't expect success immediately. It's not a finished product the first year we're going to be in F1. And so don't just rip your money out of the project if we're not running up front immediately. Who knows? I don't know what the motivation is, but I just thought it was interesting. And then the final piece of news for this week that I wanted to discuss with you is to make fun of the FIA. Let's do it. So I guess a few weeks ago... Yeah, so at the end of last year, like December 30th of 2023, um, we saw Steve Nielsen, who was the sporting director at the FIA. He just, he bailed. And I think his quote was something about, I don't know, he, he wasn't very positive, I guess, let's just say about the way the organization was going. Um, and I mean, he's a major person, right? This is a going to be some big shoes to fill. Uh, he's somebody who worked at Lotus. He worked at Tyrrell, Benetton, Williams, and AlphaTauri prior to coming into F1 management. Uh, and then he he worked closely with the the race director, and he was responsible for all sporting matters in F1. So the development of race control the remote operations center, and then updates to sporting regulations. And we just lost that person. Um, but apparently he just said he decided against continuing when, you know, Mohammed Ben Salam's style of leadership is apparently a major source of why he left, as well as just a number of issues like track limits and some of the other kind of ridiculous problems that the FIA has embroiled himself in over the time that he's been there. He just decided I'm over it. And I think I'm sure he'll get a job elsewhere if he wants to. But so we also saw Tim Goss, who is the, he's an, another F, the technical director in the FIA. So they're losing some major people. He worked apparently for McLaren from 1990 to 2018 before taking up a position with the FIA. And he's super highly respected. He's the technical director but, yeah, um, I guess he also wasn't interested in continuing. And this strikes me as one of those situations where, as all these people who have been in F1 for years and years and years, 
then make it to the FIA and decide, actually, this is an untenable work environment. I can't work here. It leads me to one conclusion, and that is Mohammed Ben Salam. I mean, not only that, it's like any you know sports organization that is run poorly. When new leadership comes in, it takes time to fix. Mm-hmm. So right now, we are in the middle of the FIA being run poorly. I don't think Mohammed Ben Salam is going to not lead the FIA when the season starts this year. So, and you know, I'm guessing it's going to be at least a couple years, unless you How know are there's some terms? big. I have no idea. I'm going to look it up. You know, unless there's some big revolt or, or something like that. But Four-year terms. You know, yeah. So we've got two more years. I think that's right. right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, odds are, because it's the FIA, he'll probably be here for another four-year term after that. So, or the, the other problem is if they boot him out because F1 team management is mad, there's no guarantee it's going to get better because we've seen how resistant they are to adding a team like Andretti Autosport. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> or whatever. So, you know, there's no guarantee it's going to be, you know, better in any sense of the the, the word. So, you know, it's it's a it's a precarious position right now and quite embarrassing. It's going to be a, at least a couple of years before F1 is headed in a, an exciting direction. I mean, you could say, oh, there's new regulations coming. That's exciting. The last new regulations we got were supposed to be better racing. And not, granted, it wasn't totally new regulations. But, you know, when Mercedes was dominant and they changed things, the only thing it did was make Red Bull more dominant for the next four years. So is anything really changing? Probably not. Yeah, I think unless you get some better leadership in there, and I, I know Ross Braun is within uh, F1, and then, you have, I mean, there's there's good people at in F1. The FIA also seems to have good people, but they're losing them fast. That would suggest that the egg that is currently on their face is not going to be wiped clean for at least a little while longer. They need to know that it's time to move on if he's creating kind of a negative culture and who knows if he's the actual reason, but just from all the controversies that we've seen with him over a very relatively short span of time, it's yeah, I'm, I'm making a, an assumption. I mean, I'm, I was predisposed to not like him anyway, just based on the history of what we've all heard. So I could be totally wrong here, but Hey, that's what podcasts are for. It's for speculation. Uh, we, um, unless we get some kind of a source that tells us differently. This is, I'm going to blame it squarely on him. It's easier to blame it on one person like Ferrari does or like NFL teams do. Like, you know, the commanders firing Ron Rivera or the Falcons firing whoever that guy is that's the son of the founder of FedEx. Yeah, yep. Something Smith, Arthur Smith, right? Arthur Smith. And After listen, he just cursed out the Saints coach. Yeah. If, the <laughs> Eagles, if the Eagles lose the first playoff game on Monday, they are firing their coach as well. So, yeah, I don't you know can, why I can't remember can... his name. What's his name again? Nick Sirianni. Yeah, Sirianni. That's right. Yeah. So, so, hey, there's going to be a lot of people looking for new jobs in apparently all these fields. So, hey, maybe do you think you could apply to the FIA or be an NFL coach? Which one Which one is more likely for you to be, to happen for you? If I was, if which one was more likely an NFL coach? Because you, really, you think so? Listen, the FIA, you probably have to speak like multiple languages or live <laughs> overseas and... <laughs> 
I mean, you guys listen to me talk. It's one language. Uh, that was one of the things I talked about with my career counselor today when we were updating my resume. She was like, do you speak any other languages? And I started laughing. <laughs> I speak Spanglish, which is like, hola, and como estas? And that's pretty much where it ends. I know like a couple words from like high school, and I think I took it for like a semester in college. But I mean, yeah, college ended Wait, 13 years ago. You didn't listen to enough Ramstein to learn German? No, I don't really listen to the words. I don't really know what most of them are. As much as I enjoy the band and I've seen them live and it's wild, I have. Ne- I actually have. I have watched a lot of YouTube videos where they have like English translations on the screen, mm-hmm. just so I can like know what the words are. But do I pay attention to the German words other than "du hast"? No, I do not. Does that mean you have to, right, or you have, or something? Yeah, yeah. I think it could be like one you must, right? On- isn't it you must or something, essentially? I'm not entirely sure. I know some German phrases. I don't know why, but I'm not going to say them here. But if anyone wants to hear them, let me know. It means, what is it? Oh, you have, I guess. So that's okay. I was similar. Whatever. Yeah, it can apparently mean you hate as well. So interesting. We learned about some Ramstein today. There, this episode has been uh, a wild one, a little, bit, a little bit off the rails. Yeah, I wasn't going to say off track because that's already uh, trademarked, yeah. but it's been off the rails. Yeah, and and as we're sitting here recording, you know, I'm usually like multitasking and like texting and whatnot. So obviously, girlfriend, she's working for another couple hours. So I have I have uh, not talked to her since noon time today, but her best friend is texting me about hockey stuff. So I, you know. We can talk about hockey, too, and it's really all over the place. Oh, I had actually one question, I guess, to finish out the episode. Is I know, because she consulted me a bit on it, that girlfriend got you a pretty cool gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that the coolest thing you got as a gift, like received or, or gave? Kind of stealing a question from one of the off-track episodes I listened to recently. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice. And, um, you know, thank you for helping her. And, you know, she showed me like a uh, like an iPhone note of like all the options she had written down. And it was a lot. And there was like another one in particular that she was like, I really wanted to get you it. It was really nice. It was really unique. I'll send it to you when we're done. Okay. And she was like, I just couldn't find it in stock anywhere. Oh, I bet I can find it for you. I already did. I did you buy uh, it? Not yet, but I'm going to. Because, like, I think it'll look good, like, with a tux for your wedding sort of ah, thing. It's more like a, a formal. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, the watch watch she got me is really nice. Like, like a date night slash going to work if I had a day job. You know, sort of like. When? When I. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're going to hear a lot of negativity <laughs> from me. <laughs> I'm here as the foil to that negativity. Week. Yeah. Oh, I need it, man. I mean, that's what I need is I need people to remind me of the positive things because I am, you know, as you know, in my own head a lot. Hey, you could be the FIA and Mohammed Ben Salam. So just always remember it's it's all a perspective thing. I mean, he's but rich, anyway, but if everyone hates you, yeah. it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was it was really nice. And she was honestly worried at first because she was like, wait, you're looking at this other watch. Like, do you want to return this one like for that one? And I'm like, no, 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 no. no you need a when I find something when I find something I really like, I want like 
you know, I I want a, another one, and I really liked what she got me. So I actually, yes, I think worked. like the the day after Christmas or two days after Christmas, I took it to like get like a link taken out because it was it was a little bit. Oh, I could have done that for you, but I guess oh. you have to come down here then. Yeah, yeah. How much yeah, they charge it's... you? Like twenty bucks for that? Uh, Five dollars. Oh, what? You have a good shop. Yeah. Um, I'll have a story about that too. We'll we'll continue on here. So you know, and then I I went back again. Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday? When was she at work? And I was up near her place Thursday. So, because I needed like one, like it was, it fit fine, but it was like still a little loose. And I'm like, you know what? I think if I take one more out, it's not going to be too tight and it, mm-hmm. it's perfect. So I first went to this like jewelry shop in, in South Philly and he didn't charge me anything to take a link out. Is it like an but, old like, man? No, it's, uh, it's, one of those jewelry stores that caters to like people who are in rap music videos. There's a lot of like, oh, okay, it's so, like a lot of like very big chains with lots of diamonds or like watches with like an obscene amount of diamonds. Lots of diamonds like, in that massive. store. Massive, yeah. So, I mean, hey, those things are cool, but I could never pull that off. And and I happened to be walking the other day. There's a section of Philly closer to her than to me, but you know, it's a mile down the street from me called the italian district which is lots of old italian shops and there's a, a jewelry store right there so i walked in and i was like hey i mob, need mob connected i, I don't know maybe <laughs> and i was like hey i need another link taken out of this watch i got for christmas you know can you help me out and he's like yeah five bucks I'm like, all right sure and i went Only to give cash. him my card afterwards and i was like i don't have cash and he's like that's fine he's like just you know, next time you, if you buy something from here, just give me cash. Which yeah, I should probably do before I forgot forget. But I mean, he was super nice. Got it done in in like ten minutes. But I'm picturing like an old Italian man named Silvio who's just like, "You'll be back." Yeah, I love it. And if we get you into this hobby, it is uh, we can start a watch podcast. There are way too many of those already, but. Then we'll have way too many podcasts to record a week, though. Yeah, that would be that would be a lot. We we could do a whole podcast episode on me overthinking many things in my life because of my current job situation, but that would just depress everyone. <laughs> Sounds like therapy, not not a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not a therapist. <laughs> no, no, nowhere close. I only know the only therapy I know is retail therapy. Hey, you're very helpful though when I'm when I'm like kind of not in the best of mood and I text you, you're usually pretty helpful. Yeah, that's that's good. I, you called me what? I bored you earlier, but then that that kind of like that even things out. That was it? that was a good one. Yeah, that we're even now. So, I think that's all the stuff we have to talk about this week unless you have another interesting tidbit. I don't have anything. We've gone extra long. Not extra long, but... We've gone extra long when there's nothing going on right now. Yeah, so people probably shut this off a while ago, but we're giving you an update on our lives, essentially, since last year, even though it's only been eight days. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm sorry. I am mopey. Thankfully, Frenchie is not, and... That's all I got. We'll be back next week with something and 
I don't know. If people want me to keep rambling and ranting about life, I'm happy to keep rambling and ranting about life. If you don't want me to, well, you're probably going to have to deal with it. Okay, toodles. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.